Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 8718 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and... Liam, good morning, Lyle. How are you I this morning? I am amazing this morning. God is so good. Very good, indeed. What are you thankful for today? This morning, I um, as I hopped out of the, out of the house to go get into the car, I looked up and... There was the full moon. Just, it was... Yes. Oh, it was beautiful. <clears throat> the super pink moon. It, it wasn't pink when I saw it, but no. it was big and it was glorious. And yeah, the moon has a very special place in my heart. It, it means something. I've got a connection with somebody else um, and, and, <coughs> and it, it means a lot to us. And yeah, it reminds me of that person. And um, yeah. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, what okay, are you thankful well, well, for? Yeah, I was just going to mention that uh, last night was a super pink moon. I don't yes. know whether you were aware of that I, or not. I was, uh, but as I listeners. couldn't see it. But um, it, it peaked at 11 o'clock. And so, yeah, you get these different moons that come by. We've had, uh, you know, blood moons, blue moons, wolf moons. Um, and now I've had a super moon, and this particular one was a super pink moon. So, yeah, the moon is fascinating to... Um, to keep an eye out for. Indeed. Okay, so what am I thankful for today? I gotta tell you what I'm thankful for today. I bought I bought diesel yesterday. Yeah. Which I'm super thankful for. It's like the most best product ever. Yeah. Even though it is a waste product. And I paid dollar fourteen for it. Oh gee, that's not bad. Yeah. Now I've just got to try and find a way of um, actually using it because we're not allowed to go anywhere. It's kind of like we have cheap fuel, but we can't use it. <laughs> See my my car that I used to drive every day. To, from to and from work, it is diesel, mm-hmm. so I'm quite lucky. And, and I I filled up two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I still haven't got to half a tank yet. Yeah, so it's an absolute trooper. Well, I've filled up yesterday, and it'll probably last me for maybe two months at least, I would say. But uh, yeah, this is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. So, coming up in today's uh, news stories, we're going to be talking about the fallout from Cardinal Pell. We're going to look at the American elections very briefly, but we're going to talk about climate change in India and the response to the the response of the the, the Corona climate that is developing is what we're going to be specifically talking about today. This is the Isaacs. Proved untrue. So good. 
Three days have gone by, Lord, and still I can't see. Here comes Ananias with a message for me. He said, Brother Paul, the Lord in the sky has sent me to heal you and to open your eyes. I'll send you to the Gentiles, I'll send you to Sleep on the desert, me shipwrecked at sea. Just go right on preaching the gospel for me. I count it on Adam, and I count it on Cain. I count it on listening to the Isaacs with Paul's ministry here on Faith FM. And as we get into the show, we're going to have our first clue for our quiz of the day. We are indeed. Liam, what have you got for us there? All right, today it is a what city am I? Hale, who rebuilt Jericho at the cost of his firstborn son, was from this city. I have no idea. I have zero idea of the answer to this one. I I'll, don't even have a hunch. Okay, well, I might have misprinted. It was the name of the person, H-I-E-L. So that... I yeah, yeah, that's, that's correct. Okay, good. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, so Hale, who rebuilt Jericho at the cost of his firstborn son, was from this city. If you know the answer to this question, Lyle doesn't yet, so that means that the double prize is still up for grabs. If you know what it is, give us a call at 1-800-324-843, or you can send us a text at 0491-064-669. And if you are the first person to call in or text in with the correct answer... We will be sending you a copy of a CD, I think it looks like, called Your Story Hour. And you know, it's, it, the Bible comes alive in this ser- series. Absolutely. These are fantastic. Everyone, uh, everyone, every family needs one of these during uh, the coronavirus lockdown. Indeed. Um, this is, this is the, they're just amazing, you know, dramatized versions of the uh, Bible story. When you're not listening to Faith FM, you yep. can listen to this. Um, when are you not listening to Faith FM? Um, that's a good point. Okay, well, maybe... Recommend this Okay, so recommend, recommend this. this to someone who can't listen to Faith FM. Yes, maybe. there we go. So, yeah, wonderful, wonderful series. Kids uh, will love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Or maybe when you're listening to Faith FM and you don't feel it's for kids. Yeah. Play this one. Maybe. There we go. Oh. So, yeah, uh, your story hour. Get on to it. Fantastic. Give us a call right now. 1-800-324-843. What city did Hale come from? What city? The man named Hale, that is, not the frozen thing that comes out of the no, sky. That comes so that's one eight hundred three two four eight four three, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What's happening in the world of positively different news, Liam? So in the 
world of positive news. Um, firstly, I'm going to touch a little bit on on drama. I, when I was at school, I loved drama, drama class. It was my favourite thing. And there's something that I saw or something that I did in drama class that I've sort of seen recently. When I was in drama class, we used to play a lot of drama games um, to help us with learning drama and becoming better at the skills that we did. And a particular one, a uh, an improv game, was a game called Helping Hands. And in this game, there would be three people, uh, or two people, but one person had the help of a third person. And what that those that couple did is there was a person at the front who was the main person, a person at the back. The person at the back would stick their arms underneath the the armpits of the person in front, and the person in front would put their arms behind the person at the back. And what this did would the person at the back would then have the arms of the person in the front. So, helping hands. Mm-hmm. And you get to feed the person. There yeah, and, yeah. You know, write it, stuff. It, for you them had to and... create a, a scene for this. I've spread food all over their face. Yeah, and... yeah. So in this scenario, it was quite messy. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's designed to be messy. It was incredibly messy. However, how did you get to do this at school? I mean, you can't mess up your school clothes and all that kind of thing. Oh, do you have a change we, of clothes? We had a, a drama cupboard that had so many costumes. We had free range, well, not free range, because there were some costumes that we couldn't get dirty. But there were some in. It was the our drama teacher, um, LJ. She was the best. Te- she was my favorite teacher of all time. She's just one of those teachers that you can relate to. You that 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 interacts with the kids well. And she's she's that teacher that, that I'm never going to forget from school. I absolutely loved her. She loved us. And she was the best thing about about school for me. Um, but yeah, so we, we had this game, Helping Hands. And I've seen it all around the world, essentially. Mm-hmm. So let me explain. We have a lot of people that are in the category of essential workers at the moment. A lot of people who... This is what we're in at the moment is a time that we've never experienced. So we're going through things that we don't understand that we've never done before. And I think what's happening now is that we've got these essential workers that are the face of everything that's happening. But standing behind them, God's got their hands underneath their arms, reaching out, doing the work for them. Because I know I don't, I have no idea what's going on. But I know God does. Yeah. And I've seen that. And and I've seen so many examples of this. You know, there's been some crazy things happening. And if there's one thing in particular that has really stood out above everything else, it's kindness. Everywhere that we have looked, we've seen people being kind. I don't know how many stories I've said where people have been have been kind. And in Ephesians, Paul talks about, you know, he, he says to be kind to one another. He's, uh, Ephesians 4 verse 32, I think it is. 4 verse 30, 32 said, be kind to one another. And it's it's just amazing me. And, you know, we may not be able to go far from home in these times, but it doesn't mean we can't show kindness in some way. There's a there's this family in, as a story that I read this morning, of a family in Britain, a British family, who spent six hours in their front yard coloring in every single brick that they had with chalk to create a rainbow house. So that's something that, on its own, might, you know, it might not seem like much, but in, t- in the world that we're in today, that's their way of showing kindness to others by doing something for them—a display that will make other people feel happy. And there's there's countless other examples. There's a uh, one guy in America who is playing for petrol for all the essential workers. You know, he spent nine hundred dollars of his own money 
on 50, I think about the website I looked at said about 50 different people rocked up and this guy paid for every single car. And it was just amazing. And there's been another story that I saw, pardon me, another story that I saw this morning is that there's, uh, pardon me, Matthew McConaughey, who is a a wonderful, uh, he's an actor. He's going to, well, not going to nursing homes, but he is virtually going to nursing homes and he's playing bingo with them. Everyone knows that. Virtual bingo. Virtual bingo. Everyone knows that people love the old people. Old, sorry, not old people, that people older than me love to play bingo. (laughs) Have you ever played bingo? I have played bingo. Um, (laughs) Not as much as these people, not as seriously as these people. I've I've seen some very serious bingo games. Yeah, yeah, indeed. It gets very intense. But yeah, it's just amazed me. And I saw this this similarity. When I played Helping Hands at school, this drama game, both the, both myself and the person behind me had no idea what was going on. Um, the, the, you know, the, their hands were in front of me. They had no idea where to put the food into my mouth because they, they had a rough idea where my <laughs> mouth was, but they didn't know exactly where it was. A fun game to play at home during it is. corona lockdown with your kids. It is. Just be prepared to do some washing afterwards. It is, and it's a great example. And to throw them in the shower. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it's, I think it's a wonderful example of, of what God has been doing through every single person right now. He's, we don't know what's going on, but he does. And he's holding our hands. It's amazing how different crises that as they come along, they reveal the necessity of different groups of people. You yeah. know? So we, we, we had so much love and support for our fireys yeah. during the bushfire crisis. We've, we've, we've poured love and support onto the farmers. We've bought them bales of hay, that kind of thing, to keep them going so that we can eat yeah. during the drought. Absolutely. Now we have the coronavirus, and now you've got people who are providing free coffees for you know anybody who is in the medical field. Um, and you know, it's it's like every crisis reveals a different segment of society. We keep getting knocked that down, is and then we get straight back and, up, and, and that is and, and that is serving the community yeah. in such an important way. And it's just, it really is great to see, um, you know, all of these service areas uh, and the people that are our true heroes that you know keep the world running. Absolutely, our superheroes. Not Amen. all heroes wear capes. That's it. Some of them wear a helmet. Some of them wear a medical mask. Some of them, uh, you know, teach in the some front of, of a classroom. Days, some of these days wear hazmat suits whenever they Absolutely. go into sort of uh, viruses and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it is just an amazing thing to have, you know, to be surrounded by so many people who are so giving and also to see the cost that they're prepared to take. Bearing, he bled and died. 
to take away my sin Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee How great thou art, how great thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee How great thou art, how great thou art When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation And take me home, what joy shall fill my heart Then I shall bow in humble Listening to Lauren Daigle with How Great Thou Art. This is Faith FM Breakfast Show. And before we go to our clue for our quiz, we just need to remind you that the story hour, your story hour, is the prize for today. CD with, uh, full of uh, your story hour. And uh, Christopher Randall has uh, messaged in to say that um, he and his wife, who are in their 50s, listen to this when they are driving presumably when they're unable to listen to uh, Faith FM, of course, but uh, they think that it's a great prize for whoever gets it. I would agree with them. Absolutely. uh, My kids grew up on Story Hour. I grew up on Story Hour. Um, these guys are the world's master storytellers. And, of course, these are stories that have, you know, they're biblical stories or they're stories with good morals. Yes. Um, one of the best things that you – telling stories to children is one of the very best ways of training children to be good citizens. So Indeed. I, um, see if I, you can crack this next clue. I didn't watch – I didn't listen to these at home, but this was something very special that we got when we got to go to my grandparents' house. Ah, there you go. Yes. Uh, but anyway, moving on to clue number two. This is one of the two cities in which Jeroboam set up golden calves as idols. So this was one of the two cities. Which city was this? If you think you know which city this is, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or send us a text at 0491 And if you, of course... Uh, the first person in with the correct answer, we will we will be sending you a copy of your story hour, which we have just heard is a wonderful, wonderful piece the circled of ministry. One. Uh, that is not correct. Ah. So that means that the double offer is still up for grabs. So call in now. Okay. All right. One eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number to call. We're getting closer, but we're not there yet.
Okay, so we did tell you that we would uh, talk about corona climate and the corona climate is having interesting effects in those part of the world. You know, here in Australia, we're not going to see uh, anything significant because we live in a very large and very um, sparsely populated continent. Indeed. And so you won't see any effect here, but in some countries it is. Uh, in India, for instance, in uh, Jandala province um, in Punjab, for the first time in 30 years, they can see the Himalaya mountains. Wow. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people just completely losing their minds over it because, they've, you know, India is, is a country that does have uh, a very poor population, a lot of people who don't really travel a whole lot. So anyone under the age of 30 has never seen these mountains before. And over the last couple of days, these mountains have just appeared out of the smog and now you can see them with crystal clarity and they're just losing their minds and flooding social media with all of these photos of these mountains that they kind of knew were there, but they've never seen them before. And they're just, you know, obviously they're the Himalayas and so they're massive and just rising up behind them. And they're also seeing the stars for the first time. So you've got uh, young people that have just that have literally never seen the stars. I've I got to admit, that is one thing I do miss from the more regional areas that I've lived, where you just go outside. My, my grandparents that I just mentioned before, they lived, uh, when I lived in Perth, they lived about an hour and a half outside of Perth. And we got to, when we get, went to their place, we just turned the all the stars just oh, blaze at glorious. Night. Ah, yeah, absolutely. You don't have glorious. any light pollution. You don't have no. any car pollution. It is just amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of them have uh, just been completely overawed with the wonder of creation. Uh, air quality has gone up by thirty three percent across India as a result of the coronavirus lockdown. So that's the positive. There's yeah. Now for the negative. Yeah. Um, Nepal, which is one of the poorest countries in the world, um, about one million jobs in Nepal come about as a result of tourism. They expected to have 20 million tourists this year, and it looks like that they will get actually none. Uh, so when you take 20 million tourists out of a country like Nepal, you know, your flights, your shops, your porters, uh, your kitchen workers, nothing is happening. Yeah. That's um, and so a lot of these, a lot of these people, you know, your Sherpas and so forth, this is their only form of income. So they they, they even, do not have other options. Even the income that they have isn't a whole lot. So, and so this is going to cause starvation. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a very very serious situation over there. We need to be praying for these people, and we need to be looking for ways to find them, uh, find help for them during this particular crisis. Okay, so, oh, this is an interesting one. I just thought I'd mention this one, the uh, YM Efficiency, uh, which lost 80 car, 81 containers off of Newcastle uh, two years ago. They've just started lifting 60 of those containers up, which contains things like, uh, you know, two Chevy Silverados. Oh, wonder how much you get one of those for with uh, two years' worth of saltwater damage. Container full of tyres and also a container full of... Toilet paper. Oh, that's what they were going for. <laughs> they had to search through 60 different containers just to find that one Why pot of con- gold. Unfortunately, it is about 120 metres below the surface, uh. and so it's probably all going to be destroyed. I don't think they build containers uh. quite that airtight. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that would be the pot of gold if you could find it There's dry, that's for hope. sure. <laughs> okay, so the fallout from uh, Cardinal Pell's uh, release has... Uh, begun. It's ongoing. And it will be ongoing for some time yet. The, I, I think the significant thing here is that while Cardinal Pell has been freed and has been released, 
it's going to be a long time, if ever, that he passes the pub test. Yes. Yes. Um, there's a difference between being declared innocent and being declared that there is insufficient evidence. Yeah. And a lot of evidence has been placed in front of, you know, the Australian people over a long period of time. And so as a result of that, he is failing the pub test and the fallout is going to continue for some time to come. Which means that, you know, Pope Francis's words uh, yesterday, just after he was released, I think were very inadvisable at the least and, and really do show a lack of understanding. You know, when he said, let us pray together for all those persons who suffer due to an unjust sentence because someone had it in for them. Yeah. That shows a total lack of understanding of, you know, what victims, regardless of whether Pell is guilty or innocent, it shows a total lack of understanding of what victims are going through and what they're dealing with at this particular time. And and, and a lack of understanding of the whole issue. He's kind of like, kind of missed the point of what's happening within his church with uh, pedophilia. And that's a tragedy. We need to pray for Pope Francis that he really gets to wrap his head around what is actually happening here and do something constructive about it. Um, of course, the monastery where uh, Cardinal Pell spent his first night, there was a lady who yeah, it just simply took a a car a child's trike and tied it to the gates of the monastery. You know, very incredibly powerful visual message right there that you know is not causing any damage or anything like that. But you know, Melbourne St Patrick's Cathedral did copper hammering, um, had a huge upside down cross Bunch painted of on it, graffiti on there, uh, no justice written on it, rot in hell, hell. We should not be supporting that kind of language. Um, the law protects the powerful, these kind of slogans. And so, yeah, the fallout from this is going to continue for some time to come. Um, and we, we, need to be, we need to be praying for this situation. We need to pray that somehow God will bring good out of it uh, and particularly that uh, victims will have the courage to come forward mm. and not be discouraged in coming forward as a result of what has taken place. In the uh, American election, Biden is out. Sorry, Bernie is out and Biden is in. Biden is in. Uh, that's It's going to be a Biden-Trump race. And he has committed to choose a running mate, and this isn't interesting, um, not based on skill and qualifications, but based on sex. Right. So that's a, a first. And so this is so, um, a very clear statement in favor of equality of outcome over equality of opportunity. Yes. So does that mean that he's not going to return the favour to Barack Obama and get him in, back in? His- that means he will not be returning that favour. Um, he has uh, he has committed to choose a woman. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think that's a great oh, yeah. idea to have a, a woman as either president or vice president. But I do believe that the choice should be made on who is best yes. rather than what their gender is. Absolutely. Um, and whenever you get a situation where equality of outcome is forced over equali- e- econ- uh, equality of opportunity, what you do is you create mediocrity. Mm. Um, and I think that that's going to be damaging for his campaign, but that will be uh, fun to watch. We'll see how that, that all in unfolds the in November. And very quickly, the latest run. So there's been runs on all kinds of stuff. The latest run in Australia is an interesting one. It is on bidets or bidets or however you pronounce that. Um, is, where interest has increased tenfold. It's an alternative version of a toilet where you don't need to use toilet paper. Oh. Yeah, a bidet. 
So, yeah, it seems that people are looking to the future, a future without toilet paper and looking for options. This is Marion Blythe Peppers with Be Thou My Vision. Welcome back, everybody. That was Marion Blythe Peppers with Be Thou My Vision. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and Liam is about to give us another clue for our quiz. Clue number three this morning. This city used to be called Luz. 
Which city used to be called Luz? Okay, these are just coming out left, right and centre and super obscure clues this morning and I have uh, absolutely no idea. So that's three clues down and I still have no idea as to what this one is. But, uh, yeah, hey, you never know. If you can uh, answer it, there's uh, double prizes coming your direction. Um, But joining us on the phone this morning is Brock Goodall. Now, Brock is the chaplain for Avondale uh, University College. And, Brock, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, Brock, I understand that you're a fellow Tasmanian, is that right? Indeed. Tassie proud, my friend. Tassie proud. Absolutely. Go Tasmania. It is the promised land for all those who might not have realised that yet. Um, and they do have a moat at the moment that they are not. They are using. So, yeah, if you want to go down there and just check out whether Brock and I are right on that one, you'll have to wait a little bit. But, um, yeah, uh, Brock, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Now, Brock, you're the uh, the chaplain for the Avondale University College, which is based in uh, Lake Macquarie area. So fairly mm-hmm. local to us here where we broadcast the breakfast show from. Uh, this is uh, a Seventh-day Adventist uh, University College that, that operates there. And when we first set up this interview, it was kind of earlier in the year when, you know, we were like, well, let's talk about what it means to be a university chaplain. Um, and now it's like, well, let's talk about what it's like to be a university chaplain without having students. So things yep, have changed. Uh, the times and landscapes have certainly shifted. <laughs> so, 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 Brock, um, I do want to ask, just as we sort of begin here, how much has your, how radically has your job changed since coronavirus has hit? Yeah, great question. And look, honestly, it's, it's changed in a huge way, but at the same time, it hasn't. And I'll explain what I mean. So usually one of the things that we love, you know, working here um, at, at Avondale is when the students come back, the buzz is real because there's so much movement, there's this foot traffic, there's this, you know, vitality of having, you know, young people here all around, like it's phenomenal. So that whole setting has completely shifted now. Like I'm here um, at my office at the moment um, and there is no one here. <laughs> Even now at this, this time in the morning, you usually see lecturers around and, you know, very stuff. And no, there's no one. Um, so it, it's a bit of a ghost town. But so in that respect, things have changed. But um, what hasn't is that obviously our need to care for our students and our staff remains, right? But obviously it's quite, you know, relatively straightforward to do pastoral care when you can physically meet with somebody. Uh, but now because of all of the restrictions, that ability to physically meet with people is out the window. So now the thing that presents itself is how do we do pastoral care for staff and students when isolation and restrictions are in place? Yeah, absolutely. So how does that, I mean, obviously we, we understand that, you know, a lot of people in ministry are relying heavily on Zoom. Is that your yeah. primary means of communication now? Yeah, big time. So Zoom huge for us. So all of our meetings have obviously moved online to Zoom, but even now student catch-ups and connections uh, are now through Zoom, uh, which is interesting because you would think um, that, you know, students being younger would be completely ready to go and, and very, you know, up to date and ready to know exactly how to use Zoom. But it's interesting. A lot of our students are using this sort of a platform for the first time. So a lot of them have used things like um, video chat through Facebook Messenger or things like FaceTime. But yeah, Zoom for us in the professional space is definitely the way we're going but for students it's still very new and there's a lot of training that's happening um, so that now on uh, Tuesday when classes officially kick back off formally online they're ready to go and engage 
Yeah, you know, if only we'd have been able to look into the future and all bought shares in Zoom before all this happened. But um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, you know, just even this morning, I noticed that a bunch of our transmitter sites are down because they rely on internet connections. And it seems that, that Zoom is just absorbing all of the uh, available uh, bandwidth that is out there. Now, um, okay, so one of the questions I wanted to ask is, how much has okay? So you're obviously ministering to students and to staff as a chaplain. Mm. How much of the issues that people are dealing with have changed, and in what ways have they changed before and after mm. the lockdown, or is there no change? Huh. Good question. I mean, one of the things that first came out to me. So now we're obviously a lot of our so instead of doing, you know, like our Friday night programs that we usually have here on campus, um, now I'm recording um, devotionals and sending them out, you know, throughout the week to all of our students. And it's funny, I got a comment back from one of our typically distant students. Obviously now all of our students are technically distant, but the ones that sort of started distance. And they said to me, now that everybody's on the same playing field, they said that now they actually feel like everybody else is part of the Avondale experience, if you know what I mean. Like that's been a bit of a bit of an idea that, you know, you come physically on campus here to get an Avondale experience and, and that's where it comes from. You know, you can engage in student life and the spiritual life here on campus. But now we're all forced to communicate in a distant setting. Now our distant students are saying, okay, now I'm getting the Avondale experience too, which is really special because now we get to kind of dial up our intentionality moving beyond this crisis to say, how do we keep pastoral care going and be really effective for our distant students? Because it is really easy to forget about them because they're not physically here. So one of the issues that this has basically brought forth is to go, cool, this has given us an opportunity to be more effective and more intentional with our distance pastoral care. But in terms of the other issues that are going around, I mean, now the sense of isolation uh, and our mental health concerns are obviously going up. They were already there and already present. But now, I guess, in this time of restriction and isolation, the, the dial's really going up on that. So one of the things that we're being really mindful of is being very intentional with speaking into the fact that even though we're now remote and all in isolation, our counselling services on campus are still completely available. Um, we as chaplains now are really able to sort of speak into the fact that we do more than just Bible studies and, and prayer requests. Those things are critical and important, but we're also there just to chat to. So I think having that availability is working really well, but definitely one of the things that we're noticing is that the mental health sensitivity is definitely more present now, that's for sure. Do you find that those students who who have, you know, been doing distance education the whole way and have been a mm. part of that program are more resilient to the lockdown than those who have been an on-campus yeah. group and now gone into distance education? Yeah, I mean, just with speaking with the ones that I've spoken to that are distance students, yeah, this is this is no difference to them, you know? This is how they've, they've typically done all of their study up to this point. They're used to having to study online and study remotely and join the remote sessions and not have other people around to keep them accountable. So this almost is business as usual for them. And that's why I think now, because we're dialing up our presence in that virtual platform, now it's actually helping them feel even more included than what they did before. So yeah, totally business as usual for them in a big way, uh, but it has presented a really cool way to bring about a bit of unity between our on-campus and distance students. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned the chaplains there. You've got a bit of a team uh, that uh, works on chaplaincy at uh, Avondale? Yep. How many? So how many? we've got... 
Yes, so we've got um, it's a diverse team in that we work as chaplaincy is part of our whole student life services here on campus. So the one that sort of runs that whole space uh, is our director of student services. Uh, So Jen Petrie, she's incredible. So she kind of has her she's got a bunch of different roles and keeps her fingers in a lot of different pies, making sure that the whole overall student care is taken care of. And then there's me in the chaplaincy space who specifically works on that direct pastoral care with staff and students. Uh, We have another guy um, named Hayden, who is our res manager and our our sports and recreation guy, and he's obviously looking after specifically the ones that are in dorms. We have a well-being officer, um, and her name is Renee, and her job is to basically walk through our female dormitories here on campus to make sure that they've got some presence. Because obviously me being the chaplain of male, uh, I can have access to our male dorms, but I can't have that same presence in our female dorms. So basically we've brought on another member to be able to help in that area, which is awesome. And then in addition to that, we have our well-being uh team which look after the counselling side of things. So they're the professionally trained counsellors that look after things that are a bit more, uh, that are outside the scope of just those chaplaincy uh, issues and conversation points. So it's a nice big team, but I love it because the, the campus here is really invested in, in caring. And that's just our Lake Macquarie campus too, and all of that is pretty well replicated on our city campus too. So the, the Avondale whole community is really invested in caring um, for our students, which is really cool. Yeah, that's fantastic, Brock. Hey, um, how, and, and, and I guess we're just sort of, you know, we're looking into the future here and we really have no idea, mm. but how much do you think that this is going to change things in the long mm. term? You've got all of these students that have now gone on to distance. Do you think that there's going to be a bunch of them that are going to like, you know, you're going to be like, you know what, I like distance, so I'm just going to stay with it? Or do you think those that have um, chosen the campus course have done so because that's what suits their learning style and as soon as it's available again they'll come back to it it's a really good question and i think in a big way like only time will tell like we said uh, because it's definitely interesting because a lot of people even myself i when i went to avondale many years ago i wanted to come on campus and because i thought that, that was just the option i didn't even really think that perhaps distance was an option for me. So now that all of our students are now essentially in this distance sector, now they'll have to ask the question, did this work for me? Um, can I do this? Do I still feel part of community? Uh, and they're, they're questions that they'll have to wrestle with. But I guess for us here on campus, what this has done for, for me in particular is really helped me to open my eyes to, to remind myself of, no, we do have distance people. And just because they're not physically here on campus, that doesn't mean that we can't partially care for them. So the thing that this will do for me and my space moving forward is to be conscious in everything we do of asking the question, okay, but how does this serve our distance students? So we've got a bunch of initiatives here for our on-campus students, but what can we always do to bring our distance students into the mix? So it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting in how that will actually roll out. Only time will tell, but it's definitely an exciting time anyway. Yeah, Brock, you mentioned that you the on-campus students, are there still on-campus students at college at the moment? Yes, and there's very few because um, before the, the essential lockdown that we're now in um, in New South Wales, um, our team tried to look forward and project where things were going. So basically giving our students time to say, hey, uh, before travel becomes a real tricky point, we really encourage you to go home. And then some directives came through, um, some advice came through to our senior leadership to basically say, okay, no, we need to, as best as possible, close our, our residential halls. And now we've got, I think off the top of 
of my head, it's maybe 10 or 11 students that are either international or can't travel for whatever reason domestically. So it's a small group, uh, but there there are still a couple of students here on campus. So even the other day, um, because the question is, how do you care for them when they're in isolation, right? Yeah. So we, uh, myself and our wellbeing officer, we bought some pizzas and kind of delivered them at the door and, and had a bit of a chat with some social distancing. But yeah, we've got a few students on here, but yeah, the absolute vast majority of um, have returned back home. So currently the, the on-campus experience isn't quite what everyone expected it to be. <laughs> Not at all. So if you're a first year this year and you, you had some very clear expectations for what your year was going to look like, things have definitely changed. But yeah, for us, I guess we want to make sure and be really intentional to be like, you know what, just because we're in isolation, it doesn't mean that we can't still be community and have a really passionate and growing spiritual life. So we typically here on campus do something called Festival of Faith um, twice a year, and it's essentially our week of worship, our, our week of prayer. And we're working towards over the next couple of weeks to be able to deliver something like that, um, obviously in a digital context, so that our students and staff can still have those intentional weeks in place, business as usual to a point, but just shifted to our new context. And that restriction and that sort of forcing of, okay, we have to think differently, while this coronavirus crisis is is scary and it's unknown, one of the good things that's come out of it for us is that now we get to be creative and reimagine what we can do. So those first years that have covered and expected and experienced, we can still deliver that. And, you know, we can still care for them in a spiritual sense. So, yeah, the creativity that's, that's thriving in restriction, it's, yeah, it's, that side of things is good. Yeah, and I think this is one of the positive things that is coming out of the crisis is that we are learning, uh, we're learning new skills that we will not lose and we're learning new strategies that we also will not lose and so we will come out the other end of this much stronger than what we went into it and much well equipped to, you know, deal with the broader society. Uh, I love what you're saying about, you know, the distant students feeling like they are a part of the system now and, and the, the chaplaincy team that you've got there, um, is being forced to create strategies that you'll mm-hmm. now be able to use, you know, forever um, that may not have been, you know, on the top of the priority list, but now they certainly are. And so I, I think this is, I think this is good that we look at this as an opportunity uh, rather yeah. than just a, um, you know, j- just a, a lockdown, so to speak. Um, Absolutely. Brock, we want to thank you so much for uh, joining us here on the breakfast show this morning. Um, we have uh, we, we're kind of starting to run out of time now. I was going to ask another question, but um, we don't have enough time to uh, fit another one in. But it's been fantastic having you here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'd love to get you back on again sometime. No worries. Thanks for your time. It's been good fun, good chatting. Fantastic. Thank you. That was Brock Goodall, uh, University uh, College University Chaplain, Avondale College University here in the Lake Macquarie area, and also in Sydney campus as well. This is BJ Thomas, where no one stands alone. Once I stood in the night With my head bowed low In the darkness as black as could be And my heart felt alone And I cried, oh Lord, don't hide your face from me 
want to encourage you to be God's hands and feet in your communities, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Remember to call your friends and family and ask if there's anything they need, whether it's food, some toilet paper or just a chat. Little things like this make a big difference to loved ones who just want to know that you're safe and sound. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
to the prison I've worn shackles and chains But I've been freed and forgiven Yes, I have I'm not going back I'll never be the same That's why I sing Show me what it means to be a man 